In the future, my son will lead mankind in a war against Skynet. The computer system programmed to destroy the world. It has sent machines back through time. Some to kill him, one to protect him. Today we fight to stop Skynet from ever being created. To change our future. To change his fate. The war to save mankind begins now. Welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe, where we serve up all sorts of spicy conversations off the latest menu of science fiction movies and television shows. You can find Dining at the End of the Universe at diningattheendoftheuniverse.com. You can also find us on iTunes. We look forward to seeing you at the diner. Welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe, the podcast about science fiction and anything else that we choose to talk about. And tonight, we have uh, two diners with us, and uh, my name is Scott, and with me is... I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are here tonight to talk about Terminator, and the finale, and a little bit about the movie, and we'll have a little bit of other news kind of mixed in there as well, but uh, this is our show and where we are planning to head tonight. Good deal. So does that sound good to you, Miles? Sounds great. Sounds great. And we were actually really excited about the Terminator finale, and we're going to get to that towards the end. So if you're listening to this podcast and all you're interested in is, oh, I'm hitting my mic, uh, is me hitting the mic. I'll do that again. No, uh, if you are interested in just the Terminator finale and our discussion of it, you can skip ahead. We're going to talk about some trivia that we, ha- we gave last time and move into some news and so on. Right, Miles? Yes. All right. Well, let's start with our trivia, right? Okay. We'll do a trivia, and this is a trivia question that came out of our last episode about Star Wars fan films. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miles, you want to go ahead and give us a trivia question? Okay. Last uh, last show, I asked. Um, uh, it was it was the class of uh, starship spaceship that was uh, seen uh, in the opening uh, clip of Episode Four. A New Hope, and uh, Princess Leia was on it. The droids were on it. A uh, squad of re- rebel soldiers were on it. This ship also was um, Bail or- Organa's ship that was seen in uh, Episode 3, uh, Revenge of the Sith. And we've seen the ship a couple other times, not other, other other ships of the same kind in um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But the ship is a certain class, and I asked, what uh, class of ship was it? And we did get an answer this week, actually, from our Twitter audience. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter at Herzog, my last name, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And uh, I do have a Twitter handle, by the way, called Tantiv4, believe it or not. But I don't actually ever use it much. Mm-hmm. That, of course, is the name of the ship that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Miles, we had uh, Jim Reese gave us the correct answer. And the correct answer was? Corillian Corvette. The Corellian Corvette. And so kudos to Jim Reese, whom we will give uh, tons of Star Wars geek cred or something like that. we got to start figuring out real prizes, but they're virtual am, for now. And bowing to you now, Jim. Yes, for, yes. For your brilliance. Yes. We grovel as subservient peons at your feet. We're not worthy. We're not, not worthy. worthy. All right, and we will have another <coughs> uh, trivia question. This one will be related to 
Terminator at the end of the show. So mm -hmm. listen, listen, listen on if you want to find out what that is. Oh, and we have an outstanding trivia question. No one has taken us up on it. In our last episode, we actually had, uh, we played the clip of Greedo uh, taking on Han Solo. And we said, we asked if anyone could call in and repeat the lines. And no one has taken us up on it. Yes, Greedo. As a matter of fact, I was just going to see your boss. Tell Jabba that I've got his money. Song Pichale. Marakam Titak Makichisa. Jabba wa ninkiko babushani kaitani wa nyaruska. Chaski nyawi uchusu. Yeah, but this time I've got the money. Erichaya kulka inti kuningusua. I don't have it with me. Tell Java. Even I get bored sometimes. Do you think I had a choice? For my dead body. But you have. We will have to figure out something. We'll have to up the ante. I don't know. Give, yeah, I away, don't know. give away some some prize, Star Wars prize. I have tons of books and stuff here. Maybe I can give some of them away. But somebody has done it before. Someone yeah. has to. I mean, um, some, somebody's We could out. YouTube it, but we want someone live doing it on our show. Right. Live on the phone conversation doing it on our show. I think that would be absolutely awesome. All we right. know you're out there. We know you're out there. Miles is stalking you. Hey, I, 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 I'm a geek. I've said lines back and forth. I know you're out there. You know you could you could do this in your sleep. Listen, you know you do not want Miles stalking you. I mean, no. he might he might look all friendly, but you I do don't. not want to meet him in a dark alley. Hey, I may sound nerdy like a little dude, but hey, I'm six foot two, two hundred and seventy plus pounds. Um, in a dark alley, I'm very scary looking. So yes, yes, and dress him in black is even worse. Absolutely, yes, because he's a man of black. In today's sci-fi news. All right. Uh, do you want to run with the first piece of news? Sure. Um, well, we are talking about Terminator and uh, the new movie. We talked about last week. I think um, we weren't. We, we thought that it would get a PG-13 rating. Yeah, that was based on a Pizza Hut commercial. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, yeah, is this really going to be true or right. not? Because, I mean, after all... This is Terminator. It's always gotten a rated R. It's always rated R, yeah. Yeah, and this seemed like last week to be a softening of the franchise that, you know, that PG-13 would somehow be downplaying it a little bit. Well, what do we find out, Miles? It is confirmed for PG-13 rating. Yes. Now, uh, now let's... But let's think about this. PG R rating mm -hmm. back in the 80s and 90s when these movies came out. Right. Is uh, PG 13's different from back then? I think probably if this movie was out, say, in the 80s or 90s, it would have gotten a rated R. I just think the rating system has gotten very soft. Mm -hmm. they, they let a lot more stuff go by uh, now in this day and age. You, you get away with a lot more. So. So maybe it looks like on the surface that it's a softening of the franchise, but when we get down to it, the movie's not going to be that different of a movie then. No, than, than the other ones. I, I suspect it'll be yeah. 
A lot like the other ones. Anyways, confirmed PG thirteen. Yep. You can now take your children to it. Well, although maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't, but you can. You can. They'll let, they'll of course, them. people walked into the Watchmen <coughs> with children too, and that was a whole other issue altogether. Yeah, that was just totally wrong. Yeah, that was wrong in all the way. In our next news story, we have. A report that the Wolverine leak that we talked about in our last episode may not have hurt Wolverine at all. And I didn't think it would. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked about Hugh Jackman being kind of upset by the whole thing. Right. right? And you can, mentioned that. And I can understand that. I mean, um, you know, this is, you know, I, I, well, he's, he's done some movies here and there, but I'm sure he's, he has a lot of pride in this and that. Oh, I mean, come on. You throw yourself into a movie, and you're expecting it to look a certain way. Right. And, and it comes out only partially finished. Mm-hmm. And you are a bit disappointed. I'd be disappointed if that happened to me. Right. And and honestly, I mean, is this going to affect the kind of money he's going to make? Because are less people going to go see it? Um, well, no. He's he's under contract. He gets paid either way, right? He's not, he's not on a sliding scale based on what the movie makes. Is well, it? wouldn't he get res- some kind of residuals from the... Um, um, okay, I heard that. Go ahead. The residuals for um, I don't know ticket sales. Would, would he would he make anything? I mean, he's going to make a lot of money regardless. No. Right, right. I, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like though that this release has hurt it. And if anything, people are saying this might have actually helped Wolverine. Well, they they say any publicity, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, and come on, this hit the news, mm-hmm. and you know, Fox is up in arms. They're firing people. Everyone's mm-hmm. concerned about it. But people are now hearing about Wolverine. Right, exactly. Like people that may not have been watching the trailers, people that are just reading news stories, they read about this, they're interested in the story, they're like, oh, maybe I'll go see this movie. What's yeah. this movie that's controversial, you know? What's the buzz? What's going on? Let's, right now. So, yeah. So, I, so probably in a backhanded way, it sort of uh, helped uh, maybe maybe more, more people go see it now. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Next piece of news, Miles, you want to take it? Yes. Uh, maybe, some, maybe some of you or a lot of you are familiar with the magazine uh, Starlog. Well, they are going to cease uh, print publications, um, and but they are going to have maintain a website. Um, they're one of the longest running print, <coughs> excuse me, uh, magazines devoted to uh, the worlds of sci-fi and fantasy. But they've been around for thirty-three years. But they are going to stop uh, uh, printing magazines. They'll, they'll only be on the web from now on. Yeah. Now, have, have you ever read Starlog? I, I've looked through them. Yes, okay. um, and uh, so so yeah, I, I am familiar with the magazine. Yeah, now I've read like Asimov's magazine, uh, and I've also read some of Weird Tales, uh, two other science fiction magazines mm-hmm. that have been more uh, literature based. So, but I have not read Starlog. So, can you pick that up like at a Barnes and Noble, a uh, Borders bookstore? Yeah, any place that sells. Yes, exactly. I um, mean, could have you have picked it up <laughs> because it's no longer being published? Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, we're not sure when. I guess. They may still have like last months still on the shelves. So yeah, it's hard to know. Is this when they say they're ceasing to print publication? Is that they're ceasing immediately, or is this like a target date down the road? Right. I don't know. I didn't. We it probably says in the story, and I haven't printed the whole story out here. So okay, but we know that you know if you, if you want to get any more Starlog magazines, now's the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you get the final issue, it'll be worth some someday. Yeah, isn't that what they always say? <laughs> but it probably will be. <laughs> Other news. Underworld's Michael Sheen becomes a vampire in New World, a New World, New Moon. And why is that important? Well, Michael Sheen played a werewolf in Underworld, and he's switching roles and now playing a vampire in the movie New Moon, which, of course, is the sequel to the the, the famous or infamous Twilight, depending on the way you view it. 
And this is according to the UK newspaper, the Daily Mail. And uh, so it's interesting. We're having a, he's switching sides again. And you did not see Twilight, right? No. And my mother-in-law picked up a copy of it, so I should watch it just to know what's going on and right, see, right. see if it's any good or not. It's something that'll probably end up on my Netflix down the road, but right. it's nothing that is immediately in You're no hurry to see No, it. no. And uh, my students love it, and they're huge fans of the books and the series. I mean, these are not, not thin books. I think each book is about six to 700 pages long. Yeah. And so students, high school students, are just wading through these things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to see them reading that. But I've not seen the movie, and I've not read the books, although I know, feel like I know them like the back of my hand because I've heard students talk about them so much. There's been a lot of buzz. I mean, where my former place of employment, um, there's there are a lot of people who are reading right, the books. Right, so it's right. Among among adults. I mean, uh, and Don, Don's going through it. Don, Don, I think, is actually going through New Moon right okay. now, the audio version of it. Okay. So, yeah. So, whatever. All right, do you want to talk about the next piece? Yes, this is... Uh... This is, this is Star Trek, Trek news anyways. It's Trek news anyways. And uh, um, in in the uh, tradition of of, of Gene Roddenberry, uh, uh, Farron Tahar, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, if I'm not, you'll have to forgive me. Um, he breaks barriers as a new, new starship captain in, uh, in Star Trek. Uh, he played a terrorist leader in uh, Iron Man. Uh, Farron Tahar is a Pakistani-American actor, has a distinction of playing... Uh, Captain Robau, the first uh, Federation Starship Captain of Middle Eastern, well, South Asian ethnicity, to play a major role in J.J. Abrams' upcoming Star Trek. And he told Sci-Fi News Wire to honor. The honor isn't lost on him in this. Yeah. Term. yeah. And it's just totally cool. I mean, this is something <coughs> that um, Gene Roddenberry's been doing for years. Absolutely. He's been doing this since... Um, since day one, right? Yeah. He, he, he's always been very you know inclusive as far as... Uh, now, who was the first black lady that was on the original series? Uh, it would have been Nichelle Nichols, um, and she she played uh, the character of Lieutenant Uhura, and uh, it's a very fascinating story. Um, she originally was going to leave the show because she just felt you know the part wasn't that great. She wasn't saying that much. I mean, it was a glorified uh, telephone operator. She was saying hailing frequencies open, sir. But she was at a some kind of uh, NWACP rally and met Martin Luther King, who's a ver- who's a fan of the show. And she told him, well, she was going to quit. And, and he strongly encouraged her not to, just saying, you are in a very powerful position to, you know, pe- people are seeing us African-Americans as people in important leadership roles and as equals with, with you know, others. And so uh, because of that advice, she uh, she stayed on the show. That's and, awesome. I didn't know Martin Luther King watched Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that he is, did. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, uh, so, yeah, it, they're just continuing the tradition of... Um, uh, just of 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 just every, you know, um, racial community uh, as having a, a, an equal role in uh, yeah, an in, equal value, equal voice. Right. That's just kind of cool. I love that. I love this story when it came across the wire. It was really cool. It, it, yeah, it's you know, and it's 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 good. I mean, in that you know, they're just gonna you know keep doing that. It's just a, in a tradition of Star Trek that uh, uh of ra- racial equality. Yeah. Well, those of you who have listened to our show long enough know that we are Dollhouse fans, at least in part. Don, of course, claims not to be a Dollhouse, but we're going to rat out on Don tonight. Oh, good. Because last, yeah, last Friday, last Friday, we had him over and we were going to watch, we had him over to watch the Terminator season finale, which we'll be talking about in just a bit. But, of course, we were watching Dollhouse as a part of that. He's like, oh, I don't care if I watch Dollhouse. I don't care. He acted all uninterested and we got him into the episode and he couldn't take his eyes away from it. 
he was totally into it. Now I don't know if it was Eliza Dusku, Dusko, Duskal, or whatever, but mm-hmm. he he was riveted to it, right, Miles? He was, and he could say whatever he wants, but uh, he was he wanted to know what was going on just as much as we did. Right, right. I mean, His maybe, heart will go on, right? Exactly. I mean, maybe he was you know unhappy with some of the past shows, but uh, the last two I th- I think have been been really good. So yeah, yeah. Well, of course, news with Dollhouse is, of course, it hit the wires this week or last week that they're ending on the 12th episode, but there are 13 episodes being shot. And, of course, that led to all sorts of rumor and speculation. The show's being canceled. Why aren't they airing a 13th show? What's wrong with, you know, et cetera. And Tim Miner, the consulting producer of Dollhouse, came out with an explanation that clarified the season finale as ending with episode 12. Uh, called Omega, which is the the, um, the 12th of the original episodes, ordered, not counting the original pilot, which was scrapped and cannibalized for parts, they said. Uh, Epitaph 1, which is the 13th episode, was being released for the DVD to fulfill the actual DVD role. So that's kind of, uh, it sounded like the 13th episode wasn't ever really planned to be released on TV. Is that the that, way you're reading it? That's that's the way I, I'm getting out of it. That's and their explanation, at least, right? It's which sounds, but they, you know, they're kind of leaving you hanging. There is, is, are we going to see Dollhouse next season or not? I, I hope we are, but knowing Fox, um, you know, it really sounds like the 13th episode ties into the the series too. If you don't want to hear this, you can skip ahead. But it sounds like it's going to deal with Alpha and some of the other things that we're just kind of interested in. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Dollhouse, anyways, it's coming out in DVD at the end of July, so you can actually find out more information on that Yeah, yeah, by going to Dollhouse at the Fox, Fox, uh, new, uh, Fox News, Fox uh, whatever. What's their website called? I, if you just Google Fox. Google uh, Fox, Google Dollhouse, and you'll find it. So you can find out more about it. But the, the DVD is being released late July, and, and there will be 13 episodes instead of the 12 that we will see on TV. And I encourage you to email, if you'd like the show and you want to keep going, email Fox or write to them somehow. Uh, just let, let them know you love the show and ask them to keep it going because yeah. Fox, well, just about any, every network is very quick to drop a show if it's yeah. not getting the ratings they feel. And nice the time. ratings for Dollhouse, it, it landed four, fourth place for the 9 o'clock airing on Friday uh, mm-hmm. network television. So that's behind ABC, behind NBC, behind CBS. I mean, not looking too good for the show. They want a higher rating show, honestly. Right. If I'm Fox and I'm banking money on it, I want a higher rating show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they should put it on another night. Friday nights are just a bad. It was night. a stupid. It was a stupid bonehead move in their part to put it on Friday night. Right. Anyways, let's talk about Venom. Go ahead. Oh well, well we we are going to get another Spider-Man movie and. Uh, which we knew. We knew there was, what, Spider-Man 4, and there's even talk about a Spider-Man 5. Yeah. And, but this uh, is not Spider-Man. No, this is a, a Sp- Spider-Man Venom spinoff. Um, Sony is officially moving uh, forward with a Spider-Man spinoff movie focusing on Venom, and has hired uh, Zombieland writing team Paul uh, Wernick and Rick Reese to put pen the script. The writers told a group of uh, reporters. So not created yet, but they're working on the script, mm-hmm. and so it's not even in production, but this is at least is the plan. I don't know, Venom. Interesting character. Certainly maybe merit its own. Well, I know that for many Spider-Man fans that this last movie left a lot of people dissatisfied. Yeah, and, that's uh, what I heard. Yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed it. but I liked it, but I have to I have to agree that, and I don't read the comics, but uh, the second and first films I thought were, were better. So maybe they're going to try to do it, do it up a little better this time. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. <coughs> 
Well, why don't you talk about the next one since it kind of deal is kind of Trek related a little bit? Leonard Nimoy, the man, he is going to guest the star. Man. He, he's going 78 years old and going strong. Uh, but he's is that going, how old he is. That, you yes. got to be kidding me. Yeah, he's 78 years old. Yes, and, wow. and, and William Shatner, same age too. But, um, wow. uh, but uh, they, uh, but, but William Leonard Nimoy, who is going to be in the new Star Trek film, repri- reprising his role as Spock, uh, he is also going to guest star on Fringe. And right. you'll, you'll never guess his role. Yep, his role. Well, this might be a spoiler. If you're a Fringe fan, you don't want to hear this, skip ahead. But Leonard Nimoy will be playing William Bell in the final episode. And there's rumors he'll be making appearances in season two. If and when they finally book it. Hmm. Fox has not actually officially renewed Fringe, but they're already planning a second season of episodes. Mm-hmm. So it seems to say that, yeah, they're going to renew it, but we just haven't officially said so. Just like Fox. Know, just like Fox. And the last piece of news we're going to talk about, last week we talked about Star Wars fan films and uh, <coughs> ran across a funny commercial fan oh, film yeah. type stuff. Uh, and... Basically, if you like to see chicks fighting, this is a commercial for you. Guys, this will this will this will give you a tremendous amount of satisfaction. Yes, yes. Yeah, you might have a male reaction. Yes, you may, but you uh, yeah. You if you know what we're talking about, you you watch Dollhouse. Yes. But uh basically, um they are they are advocating a Star Wars perfume, fictitious Star Wars perfume, and it's a fan film. The link for that you can find on YouTube. It is called um, I forget what the title of this is actually called. It's a commercial, basically, where you see two girls fighting with lightsabers in a bar and some guys watching them and just grinning from ear to ear as they kind of disrobe each other with their lightsabers. Not totally. A lot to the imagination, but... Yeah, it de- definitely... It's definitely PG. Oh, it's not PG-13. No, it's not PG-13. No, uh, so it's PG? I, I would say it's PG. I yeah, mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but... If they let it go any further, then... Definitely, yeah. more than that. Yeah. But you can find it on YouTube. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and Sexy Underwear Babes Fighting with Lightsabers or something, I think, is the title of it. I really should look it up. And um, maybe I'll look it up during this short break we take between now and the uh, and when we talk about Terminator Finale. Okay. I believe that's it for the news. Any other news that you think that's fit to say? Um. No, I think I think we covered it. Yeah, a ton of Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, a ton of Star Trek news coming out this week, and we didn't cover near all of it. If you want to know more of the news uh, that's happening in the Star Trek world, visit SciFiWire.com, okay. uh, and that'll point you in that direction. All right, that's it for news.
right, and we're back. And uh, before we get into the Terminator finale, which we're going to get into here in a second, I did find the name of that Star Wars fan, that Star Wars, Wars, Star Wars fan film commercial is called, <coughs> and this title had to be created just to get YouTube attention, right, Miles? And just to get the guy's attention. Oh, come on. Saber, sexy, lightsaber, underwear fight. Yes. Come on. There's no other, like, whatever. Terrible title, whoever created it. But that's the name of the commercial. You can look it up on uh, YouTube, and we will unfortunately have a link in the show notes so you can go visit and find it there. It's so. not that bad, folks. It's not. <laughs> I mean, if it, if, if it was. Miles had me played it a few times, so. Um, <laughs> you said you weren't. I asked you not to say that. No, no, but, I'm uh, just kidding. No, just, no, seriously, if, if, if it was too risque, we would not post a link. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we want to talk about the Terminator finale. Oh, right? yes, we do. Um, I guess first, before we get into like the nuts and bolts of it, uh, let's just get this out of the way. We know that this week, this past week, the finale got the, some of the worst ratings it had gotten all season. As far as Friday Night Viewers itself. I think it was like, of the four major networks, uh, of the five, I guess, if you include CW, it was number four. Mm-hmm as far as being the most watched. I mean, beat out by CBS, ABC, and NBC. Not the place of Fox wants their Friday night viewing to be. Uh, we, we This, of course, does not take into, take into account the time-shifted viewing that we sometimes talk about. Does not take into account, um, you know, Hulu, or people that are watching it online. I don't know. <clears throat> All I can say is this is one of the, you know, they say, I mean, it was a good season, but they really, I mean, they, this was a good episode. It was. Now, was Terminator always on Friday nights? No. It got shifted no, when no. Dollhouse came out, right? Right. The first season was on Monday nights. Yeah. I. It's It's too bad it's on Friday nights. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's like Fox is trying to kill off both Dollhouse and Terminator here in one fell swoop. Right, and I would just say, hey, uh, listeners, fans of this show, if you, I would strongly encourage you to uh, contact Fox somehow. Uh, either email him, better yet, write to them. I don't. I'm trying to track down an address to write. You know that, but uh, if you know Fox's address, let us know. Miles wants it. I, I'm serious. A hard copy will speak volumes to them. He will that. pay for. I might know it. I'm, you I'm will have my that. eternal gratitude. Yeah, undying gratitude for it. Now. Where we are really hoping that the show does not get canceled. It doesn't look very good if mm-hmm. we want to be honest about it. But right. uh, and maybe we mentioned in other, you know, like Stargate, for example, was a Fox show, ran two seasons, was canceled and picked up by Sci-Fi. Any hope of that happening with the Sarah Connor Chronicles? I have not read anything from Sci-Fi that they would. There's do. not even a rumor. So you're right. There, there's no rumors, but that's another thing. I mean, maybe. Contact the Sci-Fi channel. Yeah, and, if, uh, you know, if, if Fox isn't listening, maybe Sci-Fi will listen. Because uh, yeah. Sci-Fi did good with, with, with Stargate did good with, with uh, the Sci-Fi channel. Oh man, they're still running the franchise off of that. Yeah, they, they even when they try to cancel it or get rid of it, they they yeah. rehash it so much. Another another spinoff. In fact, they're doing a kind of a reinventing of it this summer with the or this later this fall with the whole uh, Stargate <coughs> universe. Looks to be a whole different type of show than the other two Stargates, but. Whatever, we're not talking about Stargate. We're talking about the finale. Uh, Miles, yes. what is your first impression of the finale? Let's talk about that. Lots of loose ends. Uh, if they if if they do not bring the show back next season, 
it's going to be leave a lot of things um, untold um, and just um, uh, a lot of questions unanswered. So it'll leave a lot of people hanging. This has happened before, though, hasn't it? I mean, oh. we've seen shows canceled where they just don't wrap them up. Right, which is extremely frustrating if you're a fan of that show. Oh, absolutely. It is. At least, at least if they... At least if they're giving notice, like they have not officially canceled it. And I think this is probably part of the issue. Like if, if they would have notified Terminator like, what, two months ago that they're canceling the show, they would have time to write a final episode True. and put it out there. Yeah, Terminator doesn't have that luxury. No, it doesn't. So if, if, the, if the execs say, uh, eh, we're not going to renew it, um, then we, the fans are going to be, you know, we're the ones who are going to suffer. Oh, we are. Mm-hmm. We are. I, I'm just, whatever. My first impressions of, of it, of the first time we saw it, I loved the finale. Me too. It was probably one of my favorite episodes all season. I think the last two have been some of my favorite. Although I think this one, the thing I liked about this was I thought it was well scripted. There was some phenomenal dialogue between the di- the characters yeah. this time. Yeah, there was. Back and forth. The agent had some great dialogue. The priest and, uh, and Sarah Connor had some great dialogue. Sarah Connor and Ellison had some great dialogue. It was, oh, John and, Cameron had some great dialogue. Oh, yeah, and, and Catherine Weaver. Mm-hmm. Has a, it was all around really phenomenal dialogue in this episode. It was excellent. Um and as people were saying that the show has really ramped up the past half half season, mm-hmm. is it enough? I, I don't know, but I, I love it. It was a really well-written episode, and it was one of the things that I liked it. I liked it. And plus, we got to see Derek again. Yes, yeah, so I, it, it seems to me if the show were to continue that somehow Derek would come back. Um, or he'd be in the show. He's not written off the show. Right, he's not written off the show. Which it left us thinking. Mm-hmm. In a very phenomenal scene that this that he was, mm-hmm. so, anyways, we can talk about that a little bit later on. Um, anything anywhere you want to start? We don't have to go necessarily in the order that I have them here. Okay. Um, well, uh, like we said, uh, Derek is not dead, um, but several different Terminator characters in this show. Um, yeah, we were analyzing the different types of cyborgs that we saw in this episode mm-hmm. alone, right? Right. Uh, so we had the Cyberdyne Terminator or the Skynet Terminator, right? Yes. And you were commenting that this is not the typical Skynet Terminator we've been seeing. He just doesn't look like the one. I mean, he's not very... He's a little bit leaner. He's a little he? bit leaner yeah. and his hand, you know, there's just observation, um, but it, you know, he has a more handsome face than right, some right. of the some of the other Don's, uh, Don. Uh, Miles is not admitting anything. Don, not... Mi- Don might be, but we'll, we won't vouch for him here in the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just an observation. I mean, if if ladies might find this guy's face appealing, yeah, better to look at than maybe some someone else's. Better than my face, yes. However, or my uh, face, for example, yes. This is why we're doing radio and not a video this podcast. Is, this is an audio podcast, not That's video. Right, right. right. So, um, so it, which I think worked because in last week's episode when he uh, killed um, the nanny, he had a smile on his, you know, she smiled at him, he smiled back at her, and then he grabs a gun and poof, yeah. you know, it just made made it more creepier. Yeah, yeah, but Derek wasn't smiling. No, no, that that, that he was just kind of walked around the corner and boom down. What you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, that's it. No reaction at all. But no. so we have that Terminator. Mm-hmm. We have, of course, the <laughs> Catherine Weaver. 
the uh, basically what we said was a rogue T one thousand, right? Yes. Um, and of course, these rating numbers continue to go. The, the, the higher they go up, the more human or fluid they are. Is that correct? That seems to be because the T uh, John Henry's a T eight hundred. The T six hundreds are even bulkier. Is that correct? Right, and I think in the movies established that the first infiltrators. Terminators, their, their skin was rubber, so they had a chance. The humans had a chance to distinguish them between. Um, they would know who, who were the Terminators yeah. and who weren't. And then, then eventually, the T-100s had um, organic skin, and they, 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 so they actually had to have dogs to sniff out to find out okay. who, who, you know, who the Terminators were because they couldn't necessarily tell visually or even by scent. By yeah. scent, even they smelled human. Which plays into the end of the episode. We'll get there eventually. But right. So we have the T-1000. What else do we have here? Well, we have uh, Cameron, um, who is a, a different Terminator than we've seen in any of the, any of the series. Uh, she's, um, <coughs> we were trying to find if she had a model number or something like that. Cause yeah, the only number we came up with was what, the TOK 715? Yeah. Which uh, seems a step back if you go with the T-800s, which we'll talk about John Henry in a moment. But if the numbers mean anything. If the numbers mean anything. And no one could confirm that she had an actual number, that this could have been her number from the Rebellion. She may have had a pro. Maybe she's a prototype also. Or maybe it's her skin number. <coughs> uh, I, we, don't, we don't know. Anyways. But she's, you know, well, she's just as intelligent as any of the Terminators, and she's just as... Physically, she's she, she you know she can she kicks butt. Yeah. However, she's not meant to take the amount of punishment that the other Terminators. Yeah, are. they call her what an infiltrator, right? Is the way they worded yeah. her. And but, what a better way to have an infiltrator than have a cute looking girl trying to infiltrate that looks like uh, uh, Summer Glau. Right, 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 right. But uh, or but, River, she or, or like River. She looks like River too. I wonder why. I don't, I, I don't know. Good. Any reason? No, no, yeah. no. But uh, but she has to repair herself uh, quite frequently. Quite frequently, because she's yeah. not meant to take that. She, she she's not meant for combat, basically. Yeah, and this, of course, is the whole concern <laughs> that John has in this episode mm-hmm. about her leaking radiation and thus causing Sarah Connor to get cancer, which right. never confirmed is a loose end. We don't know whether she really has cancer or not. Which is a uh, which which had uh, had something. Do with why we didn't see the Sarah Connor character in Terminator Three because she supposedly died of leukemia. Right. So. So, but we don't know. We don't know here in this episode how they're going to do it. Actually, if if they would kill her off, they they can they call it the Sarah Connor Chronicles anymore. Um. No, not really. Not really. Not really. But. But it's interesting in the show now. She's not she's, dead yet. She's not dead yet, and she's not necessarily the. Uh, I I see. The John Connor character stepping up a lot. Taking, oh my word! Yes. He, I mean, uh, I, I forget the guy's name who plays him, but he, he's really done a good job with yeah. uh, um, developing the character and making him stand out more. Uh, and this season, he was absolutely incredible. <coughs> but let's finish talking about our Terminators. We have one more Terminator left, and that is the Jim, John Henry. Yes, and which is a chassis of Cromarty, which right. in in a couple of in a few episodes back. Uh, part of his head was blown off, so the chip, so the Cromarty chip was destroyed. However, uh, Catherine Weaver was still able to repair it and basically make use that chassis for uh, John Henry. And John Henry was what type of Terminator? Well, John Henry is not really a not John a, Henry. Cromarty was Cromarty was just I think just a typical T eight hundred T eight hundred. But we saw the Cromarty character back in season episode one. one, episode one, season one. 
Right. Although he physically, he went through a couple different um, transformations right. as far as his human appearance goes. But right. the, but this one goes back very far. Because his head was the one that came through with him. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So these are the different types of Terminators that we actually saw in this episode. And that really takes us into the uh, whatever we want to talk about. Why don't we just kind of walk through... I guess I don't really have us walking through the episode at all. Okay. Um, but, all right, we have a couple different references. We'll just talk about things that kind of stick out to us as we go here. Mm-hmm. You ever played D&D? Uh, no, I haven't. But there were some D&D references right in here. Right, and usually when they make some kind of literary references, they're, 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 it means something. Right. And so we were trying to come up with, or I was, we were watching the episode again, the third time I watched it here tonight. Um was trying to figure out whether the Umberhawk and the Mind Flayer actually meant anything. Also, it's significant that John Henry is rolling a 20 to defeat them. Comes up later on in the episode. Uh, not that the number 20 is significant, but the number that that is, which it's a number that he enables him to vanquish the Umberhawk and the Mind Flayer. Well, it seemed like he was losing the game at first, and then so yes. he stepped it up. Well, yeah, and, uh, and Catherine Weaver points out to whoever he's playing, I forget the guy's name that's mm-hmm. playing him, but says, you think John Henry can rule whatever he, he can rule whatever he wants? Sure, of course. he uh, can, Because he could calculate it. I mean, he's it a out. very intelligent AI, just shakes the dice a certain way, and it's going to... Right, it's going to roll that way. Right. Anyways, so we're going to get to the number 20 in a moment, but let's talk about the Umberhawk. The Umberhawk, for those of you that didn't play D&D, uh, like me was a fictional creature in Dungeons and Dragons role-playing game. They were large, bipedal, bipedal, insectoid aberrations with an ape-like build. The creature has the ability to confuse any creature that sees all four of its eyes at once. They are often found in the Underdark, and they are sometimes captured and enslaved by other races, such as Illithids. Despite their bestial appearance, Umberhawks possess significant intelligence and language of their own. Well, um, any listeners out there that do play D and D, if if you if you caught something uh, out of this, you know, call or email. We want to know. Wanna, uh, I have you, a theory. You have a theory. I do have a theory. Okay. So, <clears throat> the mind flayer, which he also defeats, okay, um, is a gay, is basically a creature that can control minds or can read minds or gets it has mind power, and they believe themselves to be the dominant species. Well, who in this episode would be the dominant Terminator in your mind? I would think the T-1000 would be. Yeah, it would be, it'd be Catherine Weaver. Yeah. So notice that the bestial appearance of the Umberhawk is often defeated, is often enslaved by the Illithids, which are the Mind Flayers. So if we call the Umberhawk the Hawk being mm-hmm. like the bulk of or the remnants of Cromarty, mm-hmm. you know, being enslaved to the Mind Flayer, and he beats the Mind Flayer, he disappears at RTN. That's right. Is that symbolic of him beating? I mean, I don't know. We're just right. kind of kicking a guess here and trying to roll with it, roll with it here, and maybe we're just reading too much into it, but there had to be a reason they were using D&D in there. Uh, it, it means something. I don't know yeah. what it means, but it means something. Yeah. Not to mention, I, I think I mentioned this later on, that the number 20 is this whole victory, and you hear him hear him say this again when Catherine Weaver warns Ellison not to lie to her again. Right. And he goes, 20, he rolls. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a victory there somehow. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's been revealed that she knows more 
Than oh, what, yeah. Than, uh, she does. But anyways, those are our D&D references. If you, want to, if you have other theories on the Umber Hawk or the Mind Flare, call in and let us know. We want to hear from you. Yes. Especially from people, anyone that's played D&D that listens to <coughs> this podcast. So... Okay. Let's well, talk about spirituality in this episode. Actually, the past couple of episodes, we've had some spirituality in it. Uh, something that we've kind of liked as a carryover from Battlestar. Right. Uh, we liked it in Battlestar, and we like it in in Terminator. Uh, right, exactly. Well, it, it always had a spiritual... Um, well, just, just by call, you know, saying, you know, calling it Judgment Day. I mean, Judgment Day is a biblical co- concept idea of, and it's definitely played out in... Uh, in, in Terminator, uh, as far as the uh, the end goes, so well, and the, the new movies, Terminator Salvation. Yes, I the, mean, the, so you're you're constantly playing with those biblical themes. Absolutely, but least I mean, coming from a Christian background, I'm glad they're not they're not necessarily affirming it, but they're not um, deprecating it or speaking ill about it. They're using it as more like a literary metaphor for what's going on. Right. Right. And I love the fact, and we've said this before, I love the fact that shows are not afraid to address that or, right. or to, to play with that. Right. Um, and not in a way that's sacrilegious either. True. Very At true. least I don't view it that way. No, I don't. I, I mean, I, 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 as a committed Christian, I don't think what they're yeah. doing has been uh, I tell you what, it was very cool to see that whole thing where the priest is praying and the, and the cell door gets unlocked. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a great scene in mm-hmm. that. And, and, and well, uh, Sarah Connor has some, you know, some biblical knowledge. Uh, I mean, she's asking the, the story where the locks fell off. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the passage in Acts where Peter's in jail and yeah. the lock falls off and he's able to escape. And it's, you know, it's apropos. It's, 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 right. it's, that's exactly what happens there. Right, right. Um, and, and, and the fact that they have, you know, a priest there, uh, a clergy religious leader, and he is not... So many times in Hollywood, they are... Made to look like doofuses or people who you know, um, they're part of the problem. Not they're not part of the solution. But yeah. uh, the, the, I guess you could argue that the priest is like a Spanish priest, which is something that is maybe uh, stereotypical in a TV show. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's an authentic. It's not a belittling portrayal. No, they don't belittle him or his character at all. I mean, uh, he he's he's actually plays a, a pivotal role in uh, um, in the show. Right, right. Um, and, you know, she mentions, mentions uh, Sarah Connor mentions that, you know, she knows about hell. And, it, you know, if you, if you look into the future of, of, of the world in the Terminator world, it is hell. Well, yeah, yeah. It's virtually hell. Exactly. So, <coughs> you know. Anyways, so that's the spirituality of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, had a question. Why is John imitating Catherine? John, Any thoughts on that? John Not Henry. John, John Henry. John, John Henry. John Henry. Yeah, it seems almost like when an adult says something, then a child mimics their parent. And we get that at the end that she, you know, she calls John Henry her son. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if it, if that's what's what's going on. Because John Henry is a child in a, uh, in a sense. I mean, um, very smart child, very advanced you know, AI, but, you know, a child in its, um, under, you know, in, in its years and its, uh, uh, understanding of some things. So 
I, I, I mean, that's that's what seemed reminiscent of. Oh, it did. But you don't see him do it very often. This is the first episode we saw him do that sort of thing, right? Right. So why the change? Was it the wire that was replaced that they talked about earlier? That could be. I mean, well, I that, that was another you know, weird thing is if any of his, any of his hardware is, is replaced, then that might change his personality. It tweaks him. So it could have just been a tweak, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And the name John Henry, an allusion to what? Well, John Henry is an American mythology, uh, uh, African American man who didn't uh, he power his way through a mountain, you know, yeah, with the he, hammer and the he, exactly. He competed against a, a, some sort of steam drill or something like that. Well, and a machine, a machine, exactly. And so, uh, but this John Henry is a machine. So yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if there's uh, if there's more to it that we're not seeing. I don't know if we'll ever find out, but more to it than what we uh, have been given. Right. But I don't know. Hey, you mentioned they they paid some good homage to the homage homage to the uh, to the uh, Terminator series. Yes, uh, a couple times they did, but the probably the most striking one they did was the uh, the scene in the gun shop. I mean, that looked so out of the first movie where yeah, Terminator Sh- Terminator One, right? A Terminator One, where Schwarzenegger goes into the gun shop and he starts getting guns, and uh, um, it, it looked a lot like the old gun shop. Um, although this this Terminator doesn't kill the gun shop um, uh, employee, but uh, that, that, that uh, as opposed to what Arnold Schwarzenegger did uh, when the when the gun owner wanted him to pay up, but um, but yeah, that was def that was definitely homage to the first movie and just some things with uh, Catherine uh, Weaver. Um, the music they played in the background was was pretty much the same music they played when they had the T one thousand in the second film. Okay. So it is kind of this throwback to that. They're paying some sort of tribute to the films, it yes. seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention, we were talking about the Hasta Luego, which is a, maybe a spinoff on the whole Hasta La Vista type thing. Po- yeah, possibly. Po- possibly. Well, you have one Terminator, you know, you know, Schwarzenegger was saying it in the second film, and then yeah. now you have Cameron saying something like it. Yeah, yeah. Unless you didn't do the Hasta Luego, baby. That would, too, that, that would have been too, too much. much. Too much. Yeah. A little bit too far. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, what do you think about the whole, will you join us? You're not perfect. You're a machine. Will you join us? She says she hopes you'll know what that means. Do you know what that means? No, I don't. Well, that is definitely um, something that was talked about a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> In the submarine episodes, yes, um, we have a couple of throwbacks to that submarine episode, right? And they don't explain what's going on there, but when they said it again, well, when when the t- when Catherine Weaver gave the message to Ellison to say it to uh, uh, Cameron and John, it was definitely it was definitely huge. There was something there was behind that message. Yeah, and and Summer remembered it. Right. From the, I mean, she doesn't forget. And when that phrase was said, she remembers it from, from the future. I mean, when she was when she was in the future, when Jesse gave her that message, right? Um, it was Jesse, yeah, because it wasn't Catherine. You know, swam away somewhere. But didn't the in that message, the T one thousand said to Jesse, saying, "John said, will you join us?" And she said, "No." Right. right. So it's coming from John then. Yeah, John this, Connor in the future who get, who asked that, but now this is the T one thousand asking. So, right, and we assume it's the same T one thousand. Right, and and it has come back in time, and we assume mm-hmm. that that is from that timeline. Right, 
because the timeline changes. And we'll talk about that here at the end. Yes. Uh, because of some different things that happened. But mm-hmm. uh, that timeline, they'd remember both. That. They remember that phrase. And, you know, Summer Glau's character obviously well, reacts. She, she reacted. I mean, if he, uh, and even even John noticed it too. He's, you know, she asked if he was upset. He goes, no, but you look upset. So right. obviously something set her off. I mean, because she made uh, uh, Ellison, you know, leave as soon as possible. So. And, you know, interesting because this is, we see when the HK attacks later on, another throwback to the sub episode with the whole eel in right. the tank. I didn't pick it up. Mm-hmm. That eel's been there for a long time. It was it was there in the last episode, and I just didn't think about it. Yeah. You remember he's tapping on the glass. And, exactly. And, and, uh, and uh, I don't know. We don't see that agent. For some reason, that agent's gone after that episode. But Right. But the, but there's there's another agent that was in there. He was the FBI agent. Yeah, what did they call him? He was Agent... Oh, I had the name uh, here. I don't remember his name, but... No, it's Agent Alderidge. Alderidge. Okay, uh, yeah, that's it, that's it, yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're thinking, does he... Because he comes to um, Sarah Connery, says, I believe I believe you, I believe in cyborgs, I believe in time travel, all this. But, because um, he... Well, I, I think he knows something's going on. You may not know what it is, but... But he makes a statement that says he, he's not just playing her or trying to get information out of her because he says, you, you, you should look 43, you only look 35, your son should look 16. No, your son should look 24, but he looks like he's only 16 because they had tra- time travel to the future. Right. So something something's up. Right. He suspects something, but I think that he's saying that line just to get her to confess that John's alive, which he refuses to do. That that could be, but, he, I, but I, I still think... He's just something's going on that it's it, he, she's not in his mind. She is not totally the whack job that that she's been painted out to be. Right. Yeah. Well, we, we'll, we'll see. Find out. But I but I like. We hope to find. <coughs> I, I like that agent. I, I'm glad that they had him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they had him in, and he did a, he did a really good job in that whole that whole thing there. Um, let's talk about the prison escape a little bit. That was phenomenal. That was awesome. One of my, it's probably my second favorite scene in the mm-hmm. whole episode. Well, even that seemed to be homage to the first film in some ways. Uh, when, when, when Arnold Schwarzenegger is going into the police station and he's got a shotgun in his hand and she has a shotgun in her hand. Now he's killing every cop he sees she she doesn't she's not she's neutralizing but she's not killing anybody. Right, she doesn't shoot a single person. No, um, but it just looks very much like the first film as far as yeah um, that goes. Why do you think Cameron doesn't kill anyone? <clears throat> I think because John probably ordered her not to. That would be my mm. suspicion. Um, it could not, it could have not been her prime directive, but no, she is not above killing. Well, we've but seen her kill before. We've seen her kill before and act on her own agenda, but I think. Uh, if she would have did it this time, he would have known it. And, and I think she she wants his approval, even though there is, it's a very complicated relationship. Um, I mean, they they actually has an interesting conversation about that. Um, she 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 there is some affection she has for John Connor. That right. uh, if, if 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 she did that, that would have let him down. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, well. Let's talk about this whole. We're now at the final scene. They are in the the headquarters where Catherine's at, right? Right. And they're in the basement, and we see Cameron now 
meeting with Cromartie slash AKA John Henry. Yeah. John Cromartie's dead. So John Henry. Let's John Henry him. now. Yeah. Um, what happens there? The basement. Mr. Allison. John Henry. We need to get out. They're trying to kill my son. No, they're trying to kill my son. Just like you are. I'm sure she's done it. You better hope not. Your job may save the world, but he can't do it without mine. Her chip, it's gone. Where is he? The, 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 the John Henry. He took her chip. Where did he go? He didn't take the chip. She gave it to him. John. Right. That's that's the million dollar question. Because uh, does now, I suspect somehow she well, she manages to get her chip into him. And it, it seems to suggest that uh, Cameron travels someplace. The future, we don't know. I mean, uh, she, she, there's... There, the, By Cameron, we're now talking about <coughs> the Cameron, a.k.a. John Henry, right? Yeah, because she, her, her body is shot to hell. I right. mean, uh, her, her human eye is gone. Um, she is just full of lead. I mean, uh, uh, Sarah even said, you look like hell. I mean, uh, right. so, um, but may, maybe her chassis was... You know, so damaged enough that whatever her her agenda is, because it seems like she always has an agenda of her own too. Um, in that chassis, she couldn't do it, and um, John Henry's chassis was was available. Um, so I, I suspect she put her chip into him somehow. And there's a time trip time machine in that in that room. How convenient! Um, right. And that's that's. Uh, that's where we also leave off with with John and uh, Captain Weaver. Yeah, and we're gonna we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. So the real question is: Did Cameron? How did the chip get into John? Right. Because you know it had to be Cameron could not have taken it out of herself because she couldn't have functioned. Right. Um, John had to be able to take it out of Cameron. John so Henry. she had she had to, John Henry. So it has to be like she has sacrificed it. They talk about the whole idea of sacrifice and sacred are like very closely related in the last episode, not the finale, but the episode before. Well, they talked about, I mean, this, uh, this Skynet Terminator we talked about first, it was coated with some kind of phosphorus. Whenever it, it, it they took it out, it burned up, but they've taken uh, Cameron's chip out before. Um, it may have been season one. Um, but they took out her chip and, and and plugged it into the whole. Um, they plugged it into a laptop to to um, the whole the whole city's traffic light system. Right. So her chip shouldn't um, self destruct as soon as it's no, distracted from her and head. No, I don't think it does because they had that out and tweaked it a couple different times. Exactly. Yeah. Because she went when she went ballistic, they took it out too. You're right, John. Exactly. So it's just this one Terminator. It wasn't. I mean, as soon as well, that's a Skynet Terminator. The Skynet Terminator was, was, was self-destructed as soon as it was extracted. I get, uh, this is a side note. So there's more <coughs> than one company making Terminators. Obviously, Skynet, 
mm-hmm. and whoever the rogue ones are. These all made by Skynet, and just some of them go rogue. Well, I'm I'm thinking this this last this last Terminator that was sent through. He's probably a you know a newer maybe slightly newer, and maybe because the humans have been able to reprogram the Terminators, uh, maybe they're taking extra steps to prevent this one falling into enemy hands. Oh, that's true. I didn't think of that. Didn't think of that. So let's talk about when the HK attacks the Connors or Catherine Weaver. We have a common enemy, one we cannot fight with conventional weapons or by conventional means. Kaliba? Don't presume to know Kaliba. I'm sorry. I wasn't speaking to you. I was speaking to you about Skynet. Savannah has told you about John Henry, I assume, which is why your cyborg is skulking around my basement. What the hell? That, that's the million dollar. That's another million dollar question. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite scene, by the way. But it seems to imply that. So let's let's set up the scene. So the Connors, Sarah, yes. John, and Ellison, yes, not a Connor, are up there talking to Catherine Weaver, who has wanted to meet John throughout the entire episode, right? Right. And she thanks him, of course, first of all, mm-hmm. for saving saving what? Savannah, right? And and as she's doing this <coughs> in the background, you see dart around the. The, the a building in HK, the same HK that we saw earlier in the season. Right. And it crashes into the building. Very 9-11. Very 9-11, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's it after, in your opinion? Well, it's, well, Catherine Weaver seems to be suggesting it's after her. Uh, she 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 seems to be implying that she was the, the intended Which would make sense, because, right. I mean, she killed one of the Cyberdynes. Terminators. Which which asks begs another question: Does Skynet know that she is um, she's a T one thousand? You would think they would, but this other the, the Terminator tried to you know try to kill her with just. And if she would have, if they would have known, um, they would have maybe sent something a little bigger and, and more powerful. They would something a little well informed to to, to to kill her because uh, she's a T1000 and T1000s are a lot harder to kill than the uh, T800s. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so I wonder if they know that she was a T1000. I mean, if, if Catherine Weaver, maybe they thought she was just a human, uh, and but um, because they try, well, they, they try to, you know, to, to kill her daughter and they try to, um, so they, they must think she's human um, right. and all this. And somehow she miraculously escapes every single time. Right. We, of course, see the eel in this episode. That's not really an eel, but a T-1000. Yes. Is it, it? I assume this this is just a part of her. Right, that's swimming around. Right. So, but, well, that's, so that's that. Great explosion in that scene. And, of course, mm-hmm. they then go downstairs and 
see, of course, what has happened to Cameron and John Henry. Yep. And we see the results as well. They make the mention that this is really the tale of two Johns and that both Johns are needed to save the world. Right. And this is really the storyline for season three. We hope. Well, it is if if, if it if it continues. This is the storyline they seem to be implying. Right. Uh, for whatever reason. I'll stop it. Where's her body? It doesn't go through. I'm human. I will blast you. Stand down. Look in his eyes. He's got about as much metal in him as you do. Beric. Yeah? John. John Connor. I know a lot of people, kid. Don't know you. Anybody heard the name John Connor? Well, you know what? I think you're going to be famous. But, well, they, of course, if you didn't watch the episode, uh, this is a major spoiler. They jump back into the future. Right. But in doing so, John, of course, has not been around to start the resistance. Mm -hmm. And so no one recognizes him. He runs into Derek Reese, mm -hmm. Kyle Reese, and, and Cameron. Uh, and Cameron, which begs the question, We, ass I assume she's a human because... And why? Because she's petting a large German Shepherd. And the dog is not barking. Right. So uh, the dogs were used to sniff out uh, Terminators. And I don't think that... They never imply that the Terminators ever found a way around that. Um, yeah, so um, so I'm thinking this 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 is the human that Cameron was, was patterned after. Okay. All right. That would be my, my thought. So this is the way the episode ends. We're right. Kind of left there. And right. with a lot, I mean, oh, the only people that jump through time are John and Catherine. Yes. And that's it. Mm -hmm. But this leaves a lot of loose questions for us. 
Exactly. And so I'm I'm pleading Fox not to cancel this show. Why is Catherine fighting Skynet? We, we, we're not told. Um, she, I mean, we can only theorize, uh, but I, I, I'm not sure where, why at this moment in time why she would be uh, fighting Skynet. And um, I mean, she's not, um, you know, she, she, I mean, she has killed humans before, so I don't, I don't think it's necessarily um, she's trying to save the human race so much as that she has her. She own. has her own agenda, right? Somehow Skynet has pissed her off. Exactly. Now. The T-1000s have been made by Skynet, right? Oh, right. In mythology. True. Very so true. So somehow she's turned against that. She's gone rogue. Um, she is, she's definitely gone rogue. But that's just a question. Why is she fighting Skynet? We don't know. We don't have the answer there. Um, is, Cam, is Cameron human at the end a robot? We, of course, are talk, we already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very end, the end, the very last thing we see in the episode is us. They've, of course, Cameron, um, not Cameron, John and Catherine are through the time yes. travel thing. Mm-hmm. At the very end, you see this flash of lightning. Mm-hmm. A quick bur- bolt of lightning, and then we hear Sarah say, I love you, John. Yeah, so. And boom. And that's how it ends. But that flash of lightning, <coughs> does that imply that she came through? We don't know. Yeah, I mean. I, did, I did, did she say that? Um, as the um, as they were being sent at forward in time, and then that just kind of, um, you know, her sound wave just kind of, you know, maybe, maybe that picked up and, you know, heard it on the other side. I don't know, but uh, that's another mystery we have until uh, the, until we know whether the, the show's coming back or not. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we need to say about the finale? Are we pretty good? Um, pretty good. Great finale. We um, loved it. We uh, lo- overall. We gave it pretty pretty big thumbs up. Yes, uh, it, it was it was just very good. I mean, like you Eight said, summer glows out of ten. <laughs> if we were yes, if we we're using the summer glows as our uh, as our um, way we rated, but a uh, great episode. Well, it was it was, it was well done. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that's it for our discussion on Terminator, right? Yeah. So we have one thing left to do, Don. Uh, Don listen to me. We have one less thing to do, and oh. that is trivia. Okay. All right. Well, let's move into our trivia. Trivia question for this week is, in the very first pilot episode of Sarah Connor Chronicles, Terminator, we find out Cameron's last name. Yes, this Terminator was given an official last name. Call in if you think you know what it was. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So that's our trivia for this week, and the way that you can call that in is by calling 206-600-4824. We want to hear from you, not only about that, but any other news you might know about, any comments you have on the show, anything we could be doing better. Hey, we're always willing to learn, and we're open to... Absolutely. um, uh, If you like what we're doing or you don't like what we're doing, we want to hear from you about that. Uh, If you have your comments and your own thoughts about the Terminator finale, let us know that as well if you actually listen to it. And um, you can also email us your thoughts at zogpod at gmail.com. That's Z-O-G-P-O-D at gmail.com. And again, that number is 206-600-4824. And as I said earlier, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter name is H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And you can find Miles on Trekspace. 
Yes, I do have a TrickSpace account. Yes. Yeah. What name can they find you under that? Just Miles McLaughlin. They'll find it. Okay, Miles McLaughlin. But all right, well, that's it, and we'll see you next week. Maybe we might be taking a week off. I have an adoptive daughter that's coming in tomorrow. Nonetheless, very exciting. It is. I'm ecstatic about it. Get my wife back. He hasn't had his wife in over two weeks. Yes, I'm going through wife withdrawal. Yes. Yeah. So he may, we may need to take a week off just yeah, to, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so we may not be here next week, but we'll be back the following week. And I think right now we may have some finales that we need to talk about, but we will eventually be getting to Trek fan films. Trek fan films, and then uh, after that we'll have some... Uh, well, May movie month, basically. May is a great month for uh, movies for, for us uh, sci-fi comic uh, hero geeks. So Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we'll catch you later. Good night and good luck. You're not perfect. You're a machine. Will you join us? She says she hopes you'll know what that means. Do you know what that means? No, I don't. He upset you. Me? I think he upset you. You know that's impossible. Is it? You said it yourself, John. I'm just a machine. The software is designed to terminate humans. That's our sole function. Not you. No. Not anymore, but what was there is still there. It'll always be there. So down deep, you want to kill me? Yes, I do. Then why don't you? I might someday. Her chip, it's gone. John Henry, he took her chip, where did he go? He didn't take the chip. She gave it to him. Where is he? Where? When? John, we can't. He's got her chip. He's got her. Mom. I'll stop it. Eric. Yeah? John. John Connor. I know a lot of people, kid.